The game just keeps getting bigger each and every day and every single day. People doubting that the Detroit Lions aren't going to play hard. This is ridiculous. Plus, Mike Tarico, the man on the call for Sunday Night Football, will join us. It's a Wednesday Locked on Lions. You are Locked on Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Wednesday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every day, Matt Derry, on a Wednesday, January 4th and Thursday, January 5th. The legendary Mike Tirico, voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, is going to join us momentarily here as we talk to Mike. We'll be on the call for Sunday night's 820 start of the Lions and the Packers, Green Bay 8-8, eight eight, Lions 8-8, eight and, eight. and man. It just, uh, I cannot wait for Sunday night. This game has so much meaning. And before we get Mike on, I, I got to get into this 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 notion and this narrative about the Lions uh, maybe laying down if they find out that the Seahawks won earlier in the day. This whole thing is ridiculous. But Lockdown Lions today is brought to you by our friends at Ultimate Football GM. You can find us on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Lockdown Lions on Twitter, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page, and hello to everybody watching on the Locked On Lions YouTube channel. Tariko, in a minute. First and foremost, I want to stop seeing this following thing on Twitter. Well, Green Bay has an advantage over Seattle because uh, 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 Seattle has to play at 4 o'clock against the Rams. But if Seattle wins, then the disadvantage for the Seahawks is they're going to face a Packers. T- they're going to face have to wait on a Packers team to lose, but the Packers won't be motivated, or the Lions won't be motivated, Green Bay's opponent, so the Packers have the advantage. This is ridiculous. For the last time, and for those, I'll shout to those of you in the back, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are going to be highly motivated for this football game, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation. If they can be in the playoffs, if they can't be in the playoffs, no, it doesn't matter. The Lions want to win so bad. And Dan Campbell said it today. It's our next opponent. We want to win. We want to beat that team. They want to get to 9-8. and They want to sweep the Packers. They want to finish 5-1 in the NFC North. If the Seahawks are are a winner, Sunday at 4-0-5 against the Rams, which they probably will be, all right? Rams stink. Seahawks are at home. There's... The Lions are still going to play hard. Yes, they would want a playoff spot. Yes, they would love a... Uh, winner, winner, go to the playoffs type of scene, but they're not going to bank on the Rams winning. The Rams are bad, so this notion that the the Seahawks are at a disadvantage, I don't agree. The Lions are going to play hard. They are going to be motivated for this game in a big way. So I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, Ultimate Football GM. Let me talk about that before we talk to Mike Tarico. If you're geeked out, I'm really geeked out. Should say by our new partner and sponsor of today's show, and that is the mobile game, Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks. It's awesome. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. 
play on the go and as you want when you want to. Um, it's fun to do. We've been doing it on the Lockdown Network for a couple weeks now. Going up against the other hosts, it's cool. Lockdown Lions listeners can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, in all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKDOWN, in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. Download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, this is long overdue, ladies and gentlemen, here on Locked On Lions, the voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, the pride of Syracuse University, and a Michigan resident going to get to call the Lions and Packers on Sunday night. Mike Tirico is with us on Locked On Lions. Michael, it's so good to see you, bud. Dees, welcome to the cave, watching tape here. I can't find the power supply to my ring light, so I'm on the backup lights. The end of the season, you know, you got to go deep in the roster here to... (laughs) It's the home uh, home electronics. It's good to see you. It is uh, good to be talking uh, Lions-Packers Week 18 game that matters. I don't think a lot of us had this on the bingo card when the season got started. Can, can you believe this? Did you ever imagine, uh, you know, and you knew this would be a flex night for you, and you kind of, even you and yeah. Chris talked about it after the game in Baltimore the night, like, hey, we don't know where we're going, but Lions? How about that? Yeah, we, we- we had no idea, and then you could see the Lions kind of sneaking through here, winning games, winning games, getting the playoff hunt. You know, the Carolina game will probably be the one that sets them back, right? Uh, you know, unless Seattle loses to the Rams, uh, you'll look back at that Carolina game in a different way. Uh, but I think the patience is paying off here a little bit. I, I really do. You can have a vision for a team, and if you stock it to match that vision, you're going to start to see good stuff. What I am so surprised at is the offense. Now, this is right up there with Philly, Kansas City, Dallas as a real high-end offense that can run. It can run physically. It can run to the edge. It can pass. Add Jamison there now. It can throw deep or at least threaten to throw deep. You trade Hawkinson and the tight ends are productive in the red zone. I mean, there's nothing this offense can't really do. I know there was a patch where they didn't run it well. There was a patch around the Dallas and New England game they didn't play well. But in total, you look at this season, this is one of the better offensive seasons the Lions have had. Uh, you go you go back to, you know, to the run and shoot days, if you will, with Barry. Those kind of teams, you're right up there production-wise. The league has changed, but this is impressive. I didn't see them being this good in that form of football this year so it is a real surprise and it's fun to fun to watch you mentioned you're sitting in the cave and and, and watching tape and you and you get to spend a week kind of looking at this i'm assuming you'll head over to 222 at some point this week i, I will i will pop over there and uh, check in in person before heading off to uh, the great north i love it but what have you learned what have we, what what stands out because you haven't done a lions game i don't, I don't even remember yeah. the last lions game you you've done <sighs> Um, I'm going to tell you, it was a Saturday NFL Network game against the Bears that I think Trubisky started for the Bears. So maybe it's 17, wow. 2017, 2018, yeah. something like that. You know, people, when I got the Sunday night gig, people locally or who I have friends like, hey, congratulations. Does this mean you'll do any Lions games? I said, well, <laughs> probably not for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I always said to them, the one thing about Sunday night football is you can always play your way on. And eight and eight 
because of the NFC North and the presence of Green Bay has played the Lions way on. Here's what here's what I've picked up. And I've watched, you know, so I'll watch on Sundays. My deal is we're in whatever city to do the Sunday night game. I'll watch whatever's on Fox and CBS on the local affiliates in the early window. But on an iPad, I'll keep up NFL Red Zone channel. And I'll watch that on a pretty regular basis, the direct TV version with our buddy Andrew Siciliano doing the it. The best, the best. He, Andrew Stewart. Scotty Hansen does a great job on on the NFL Red Zone channel. I don't get to see that, though. I Rarely do I see that. I've, I'm a direct TV subscriber, so I've seen Andrew do it for years, and Andrew does an incredible job. So you have an option there where you can drop down a second screen and watch another game. So probably every couple of weeks I'll drop down the Lions because very often they played at 1 o'clock on Sundays. And every time you look over, Goff is protected, he's got time, or the team is running the ball effectively. And that has played itself out as the season has gone on. When I've gone to study, I've appreciated the quality on the offensive line. You know, I hear the conversation when I'm home here during the week, and I'll go back a couple of years, Penny Sewell, why are you wasting that pick if you got Decker? What's Decker going to do? Who's going to play the right side? Now you got two great tackles. Yeah. And nobody's 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 complaining about that, right? Uh, for all the criticism that Detroit drafts have gotten in the twenty one or twenty two years I've lived here, and I do remind people all the time, this organization did draft one of the best running backs of all time in Barry, did draft one of the great wide receivers of all time in Calvin. Yeah. And did draft a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Matthew Stafford. They just couldn't surround him with the guys to get it done. So they can absolutely do it. What my takeaway was is that this drafting has been really impactful. you got some young guys who are contributing all over the field at uh, the linebacker level, obviously with Hutchinson, Houston coming on. The back end has struggled. That's where the weakness of this team is. Uh, but, you know, they've tried to draft there, and the injury will probably impact for a long time what you see out of Akuda. But on the offensive side, to get Amon Ra where they did and to see his impact on this team. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift in year two, he's a good back. I know he's not a complete back, but I'll take that one-two that they have with a lot of one-twos in the league. They're, they're certainly in the upper third of running back tandems. So you look back and you go, in year two here, Brad Holmes has drafted the right people to fit this style and this system. And what Ben has done on the offensive side has been impressive. And I don't think anybody could have seen it because they didn't know that he was this good a coordinator. Mike Tarigo with us, voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, alongside Chris Collinsworth, a 20 Sunday night, Lambeau Field, uh, Lions and the Packers. I, I don't know. It, it's funny. They're, they're playing this Green Bay team. This doesn't look anything like the Green Bay team from a few weeks ago when Rodgers was throwing the ball to the other team the entire Sunday, and the Lions won a very ugly game, and all of a sudden Green Bay's fired back up. I mean, this has everything that you would want for Week 18 on in your window, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, the Sunday night schedule was over my shoulder. We had Philly and Green Bay November 27, I think it was. And at some point in that fourth quarter, you thought they had run out of this is their last chance. I think I said that to Chris in the open that, you know, hey, they're running out of last chances here, but what can they do? And they didn't in that game. Well, they have since. The fourth quarter of the Chicago game, they were at nine on the 10 count. And for some reason, they got off the mat, won that game, as they usually do in Chicago against the Bears, and have since not missed a beat. Now, Minnesota did not play a good game. 
and turnovers and everything else have gone the Packers' way that weren't going their way earlier in the year. They are taking better care of the ball. I focus on the offensive line. I think it's solidified. It's been pretty good. They've gotten the best play up there in consistency terms all year. Even with Bakhtiari having the appendectomy, Zach Tom came in and gave him a couple of good games. Now Zach Tom is a sixth offensive lineman or a tackle on either side, depending on when they need him. He had to come in last week. But I think they've settled down offensively, stopped moving pieces around. That has helped. And a lot was asked of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs coming in. They finally are fine in their comfort zone in the league, although – Aaron, who doesn't miss deep balls, is not on the same page with Watson. Even though they've hit a couple, they even missed a couple against Minnesota last week. So that's what I'm going to watch closely to see if that if they hit on those plays, they become tough to beat. This is going to be a running game. The Lions are going to have to find over on the Lions side. Can they run the ball against the Green Bay front, which is not the strength of their defense? They're getting some good games from some good people. Clark is good, but I don't know if they are playing their best ball. And on the back end, the Lions secondary has been really poor. And if Aaron gets hot, and in these big games he usually does, Detroit's going to have a real problem. You know, you're going to get conversations with Aaron Rodgers, you know, Saturday or whatever in your mm-hmm. prep, and then you're going to get to talk to Dan Campbell. You're not going to be not entertained, Mike, <laughs> this week. This is, not, this is not Belichick and, uh, and, and you know, <laughs> and, and any of these guys. I mean, this is you're going to have some fun in yeah. the pre-show, aren't you? Yeah, those meetings are great. You know, this will be our fourth, fourth Packers game of the year. Wow. So it's really a state of the state with Aaron on a, on a regular basis. We had him up in Buffalo. We had him week two against Chicago. We had him against Philadelphia on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So I, I, if there's any team I know, you know, it, it, yeah. it's drawn the Packers. It's, it's great for us in terms of knowing a football team and watching them grow, like you said, as the season has gone on. You know, even though I live here and I'm around here, I – have not been over to Allen Park the last couple of years. I have not sat with Dan. I spent some time with Brad Holmes at the owners' meetings. I stay in regular touch with some folks in the Lions front office, but uh, I, I have not had the chance to sit down. I'm excited to see where they thought the vision was for this year. Is this really the way they thought they would do it? I think we thought of this team as a team that would run the ball, score 20 points, and play improved defense. It's really morphed into a team that jumps out on people. Uh, what an impressive first quarter scoring number they have, the most points in the league. Um, you feel it. Here's what, Matt, for 20-some-odd years I hadn't felt except for maybe one or two of the years with Stafford. They can go score anytime on any one. Mm. That's what's been most impressive. Like, they get back and, like, let's go. Let's throw the ball, and they protect there's a beautiful, clean pocket for golf, and they get guys open. It, it's It's been really, really, really fun to watch. I've uh, watched it from afar, watched it a little bit closer in the Thanksgiving game and those other windows. And Matt, that's the other thing. This team has lost two really good teams. Yeah. I, they, they don't have – and they've, they've played Buffalo, close, could have won the game. Philadelphia, week one, close, could have won the game. Uh, there are obviously two games that they were not great, and that was Dallas. That was because of turnovers. They moved the ball on the Cowboys, and that game was closer than the score looked, and New England, they were awful. Um, that, and, Car- and Carolina was just a clunker. I mean, Car- And Carolina was a complete yeah. take-away-their-soul game, yeah. you know, when you run the way they ran the ball in the first half. So I should always include that with that. But you look, start looking at the teams they played. 
you know, they played Chicago twice, obviously, but we know a division rival and all that stuff. I mean, there's not a Houston or a Denver or, uh, you know, the teams that have struggled throughout the year in the AFC or the NFC South. They're not a bunch of those games they played. Uh, that, to me, shows that this is not a product of a schedule that worked out well because you played bad teams and you won eight games. They played good teams most of this year and have been in almost every game except for the three we just talked about. Really, the Dallas game they were in, although they were on the short side of it throughout. That, to me, shows me that this is not a mirage. This is not a one-year, the mirror and the sun were aligned properly to get this done. This is a real legit foundation more with mike coming up next real fast linkedin jobs sponsors today helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown nfl that's linkedin.com slash lockdown nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply mike tarico with us from sunday night football nbc and of course it's called games for years whether it was at espn uh abc back in the day do you miss by the way and i know you so well i've known you almost 30 years like you miss i know, crazy. I know you miss the college game like you used to love vatech mm-hmm. hoops in blacksburg on a freaking yeah. tuesday night man I, do you <laughs> yeah. miss that stuff i miss the event i'm not missing the sport right now because i think there is no sport that is more troubled at the moment than college basketball oh. uh it is so random I think there's no way to follow a team. Nobody develops teams anymore. I miss that. Uh, I miss what's happening in football. I, I, I wish I wish somebody was in charge of college sports and could steer it through this change time. Yeah. And I mean change with NIL and the transfer portal and all that. You know, like uh, a coach who I was texting with who said, hey, you know, yeah, good season. Now we're going to jump in the portal and get a few guys. Like, <laughs> that, 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 but that's the way it is. Yeah, You've got to yeah. mine the portal. And I, I missed the college experience when we, we were talking about, before we started recording, Buddy Behan, who's now playing in the G League here in Detroit and Syracuse for four years. Like, I miss watching guys develop. Yeah, I thought that was a part of the fun of college athletics, and I really feel like that connection to the sport and to the teams you love Spartans, Wolverines, et cetera, et cetera. That's going away a little bit. That's uh, that's a bit disappointing. But I do miss the college arena and the excitement of college hoops. And Notre Dame was fun for me doing the Notre Dame games for the five and a half years that I did. Uh, being on a college campus, especially that one on college football Saturdays, uh, was uh, was really special and something I came to really, really enjoy. Yeah, we'll break down uh, Judah Mintz and Joe Girard a little bit later on. Here. Go. Go. <laughs> the, the Locked On Hughes version. The podcast. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness gracious all right so uh jared goff i was texting with you yeah. a while ago and you're like this is crazy i mean what's the angle i know you, yeah. you got days before your broadcast but sure sure I, i'm assuming he comes back and, and i've always even said on this show every day like the the, the organization's always liked him but now yeah. all of a sudden people nationally are going oh they're not going to draft stroud or bryce or Will Levis, because they've got golf. He's 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 winning. He's winning. You've got options, right? You could do a lot of things. You could take two first-round picks and build them on defense and get that defense better like that. You could take the quarterback of the future a little bit later in round one. Or, depending where that Rams pick ends up, and who would have thought that would have been the higher of the two picks this year, right? That's, That's right. Yeah. part of the silliness of this year. You can take that Rams pick, and maybe somebody's desperate for a quarterback. 
and you can spin that into multiple picks and a slide down and maybe a future one. So all you do is you take that future one and you kick that can down the road a year, like the Eagles did. Yeah. So I think I think you're going to be in a really good position to look at this draft class. Is there somebody in that, what, where are the Rams now, 10-ish or something like that? Even lower, yeah, pick? yeah. It's, it, it, depending on what happens here the last week, it you know, could be a seven or eight. Do you like somebody there? Do you want to take them? You can. Um, if one of the great defensive players ends up sliding, you can just jump in and take them there and have a plan B to sell that other first rounder. You've got a lot of good options. Look, although Jameson's back on the field and playing, you'll get him for a whole year next year. You almost like you have a new first round pick coming in. So I think you've got a lot of options and there's no immediate need to go get a quarterback and turn the thing over to him. But it wouldn't be the worst thing if you found the next Patrick Mahomes. And I don't mean ability wise, but a guy that you draft, keep here for a year. If you see him and you go, you know what? He's going to be terrific. Goff still wins for you like Alex Smith did. You trade him, you move on, and you get your quarterback in the future. They've got a lot of options, and their options not out of desperation. And why did Philly get good quickly? Their options were not out of desperation. I think the Lions are in a really powerful position to make this work. All right, final thing. I am concerned as a Lions supporter here, I'm doing the show, that we're going to see some sort of Sunday night Packers. Here's Rodgers, and he gets hit by James Houston. Great sack, and Mike, you're calling it. And all of a sudden, here comes the yellow flag for roughing the passer. And everybody in Detroit, and you've lived here long enough, and you've listened to enough sports radio around here to know that Monday's phones are just going to be lit up with, can you believe we got screwed again on this roughing the passer? I just, you know, stars align. Could, could you see something like that? I'm not saying there's some sort of conspiracy, but, like, yeah. that's one call. And you've had some games this year where that flag comes out, and you and Chris have both said, oh, my gosh, that's not roughing. That's well, think about one. the think about the Washington Giants Sunday night game. Oh yeah, if they call pass interference there, and Washington ends up winning that game. Washington was the team ahead of the Giants, and maybe Washington's already in the playoffs as opposed to being out. That switched season, so all those calls happen all the time. It's not just your team, Lions fans. Trust me on that. <laughs> uh, there certainly has been a lot that's happened around Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is a great player. He has been. He'll be one of the best of all time. The Packers are somewhere between incredibly fortunate and incredibly brilliant to get 30 years or thereabouts from back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks who played really well into their mid to late 30s. They're very like, by the way, Stafford was here for a long time and played really well into his 30s also. So it happens. It's just what you do around it. And Green Bay has found a way to draft and develop guys and Aaron always finds a way to be in the center of it all. I, I, I'm going to go back to a point that was made to me earlier this week. People were really aghast nationally, and everything's coming to perspective this week of being what outraged, uh, being outraged, what it really means. People were so upset that this game wasn't being played simultaneously to the Seattle game. How unfair it was to the Seahawks. And it's like I, I was just trying to get to people who I really look up to and appreciate and respect a lot and say, guys, two things. One, <laughs> do you think for one half of one second, a Dan Campbell team would lay down and not play to right. win? Right. They're playing I mean, Sunday no matter what. 
like where hard. where where have you been the last two years since he's been a head coach? Did you not watch Hard Knocks? Do you not laugh at his sound bites and all that stuff? Do you think that team's going to go in and lay down? And it's not their fault for Part B. They don't know this part of it. If the Lions are eliminated at the kickoff, if Seattle has beaten the Rams, the Lions winning that game in Green Bay and keeping the Packers out of the playoffs might be, in a month or two, just as satisfying to longtime Lions fans that if they got at the playoffs and lose in the first round by 30 points to Minnesota or San Francisco. Sounds right. stupid, but right. if you think about it, because of all the angst and all the moments of Aaron Rodgers, that would carry over into the offseason as a real positive. If if the Lions are eliminated but go up there and eliminate Green Bay with a win, that will be, I think, the same wind of the sails as if this team made the playoffs. Historically, no. Historically, you're going to look back and say you missed by a game. Yeah. And you should. But for momentum within a program, I bet you that would carry – a good win behind this team going into the offseason. How about that? You know, and, and think about it. I mean, they won three games last year and they were one in six. And everybody's like, fire Aaron Glenn, fire Dan Campbell. Fire and, everybody. And now they're nine, they could be nine and eight, finish ahead of the Packers in the standings. And uh, I'm with you. This talk of the Lions might be uh, down at the start of the game. Are you kidding me? No not, way. Not for, not, not, not this group, not this group, not this group going to that stadium, not this group with the stakes that are on the other side of the field. That's why one of the NFL's best moves ever would put in all these divisional games in week 18. Uh, it just allows a situation like this to be a significant part of the story. I don't follow these, but I always like to go back and look at this week. What was the over under on wins for the Lions this week, this year? Was it six and a half? Six and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. Six and a half. Right. Yeah. So where are they sitting at eight? Correct. I think. Most people would say when you pull back, this has been a very good season, regardless the result on Sunday night. And when your program is going this way, that's a good thing. And then the other part, too, which is, I think, I think important. Maybe now people appreciate that Jim Caldwell did a good job. Jim Caldwell did a good job with this team, got them in the playoffs a couple of times. Did they take that next step? No. But now you realize it's not as easy as it looks. And um, appreciate a guy who came in, did a professional job, had this building and everything else going in a better direction. Um, and, you know, the, the Patricia era, the, result, the results <laughs> were you, bad. What are you doing? <laughs> the, result, the results were bad. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. It really helped open the eyes of a lot of folks of structure yeah. in the organization and things that – were happening elsewhere that weren't happening here that are now happening here. So every point along the way does contribute in some small way to what you're seeing here and what I think is a place going in the right direction. And maybe, who knows, a Sunday night home football game sometime in the next few years, which was not part of the conversation on September 8th when the season started. You know, and I had our very good friend Ian Eagle on this very program a couple weeks ago, and he was staying home to do all these Jets and Giants games. I'm, know, like, look, I'm like, look, I'm like, look at you. You know, you know, your your wife has you home on a Saturday night. This is great for you, Mike. It would be nice for you to just drive drive down 94 for for once. It would be fabulous. I, I texted Ian. I think I may have called him. I was heading to a game, and his game ended early. It was like a one o'clock. That was you know, 73 running plays. It ended at 3:50 or something. It may have even been the Lions game. I called him like, 
hey, are you going to try to squeeze in a Nets game tonight? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're out of the building at 4.15. It must be <laughs> nice. You're, you're on the turnpike heading home. But I, I remember, and I think you remember this too, Matt, when the Lions had a Monday night game, it had been a long time, they played the Bears, and it was like five false start penalties. And oh, the place was great going atmosphere. crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah remember, remember that? The, the yeah. place was jumping. And uh, I think we started to see a little bit of that come back a year after I was really worried about the fan base because the stadium didn't have a buzz, didn't have an energy. The loyals were there, but there was still something missing. I think the real juice in that building is back. Oh, yeah. We'll be back at the start of the season, as it almost always is with Lions fans. But I think it's a, no matter what happens Sunday, I'm not trying to create a soft landing here, but I think it's a real positive for so many uh, fans of football in this area. Like I like to tell my friends, the Eagles parade was awesome because they had waited so long it would be dwarfed by what would happen here if there was ever a parade for the Lions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Can you, can you imagine? No, could you imagine Woodward? Woodward Avenue? I mean, I'm not saying it would burn down, but it might be close. I mean, this town it, would go nuts. Oh, it, my goodness. You, you, you lived the Detroit basketball era right in the front row, and people got into that, and people know the hockey town moniker. And, you know, since Tom Selleck wore the old English D, people know that about the yeah. Tigers and their centric – but this, this is, is different. Oh, a yeah. football town. Oh, yeah. And you know it by the volume of calls, by the passion of fans, and by the constant loyalty that show up on Thanksgiving when the team's 2-11 and 11 or whatever they are and support this organization. And I think they were rewarded this year. And hopefully sit back Sunday night and enjoy a good team going on the road to Green Bay and playing a hell of a game. The Packers might win. They're on a roll. They're hot. They're always tough to beat in a spot like this, but it's good. It's good, fun football. It is. Mike, I uh, can't thank you enough for uh, joining us. Have a great call Sunday night. Great to see you, and uh, all the best, my man. Same here, Dee. So happy to see you. So happy for you, and uh, let's let's not wait 10 years to do this again. <laughs> yes, let's not. <laughs> Hopefully the Lions will host a Sunday night game next year. Mike Tarico with us, Lions and Packers, Sunday night football. Check out Mike, Chris Collinsworth, Melissa Stark, Sunday night. We're back again tomorrow with Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers.